strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, I've got an update. Uh, we're going to shift things around a little bit. I've got an update, uh, the latest from what happened in Kansas City in the shooting and what we now know. Half of the shooting victims were children, according to the police chief. Half of the t- over 20 people injured in the shooting ended this uh, were under the age of 16. The victims aged in range, uh, it ranged in age from 8 to 47 years old. The one person who has died was a DJ in town, Lisa Lopez Galvin. There's known as Lisa G on the radio. Uh, there were 22 victims of the shooting that were treated at the scene and transported by emergency personnel. Now, here's what we know. This is a statement from the police chief. Preliminary investigative findings have shown that there is no nexus to terrorism or homegrown violent extremism. And I understand what they mean by that, classic terrorists that are homegrown, but there's no way you can look at this and say that this isn't homegrown violent extremism. It is. This appears to be a dispute between several people that ended in gunfire. Several law enforcement officials earlier also told CNN that the incident is believed to have been the result of a personal dispute in the area rather than an attack on the celebration itself. So we're starting to get a picture. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit more from the update. Um, uh, One of the officials said the three people currently in custody are all believed to have been involved in the dispute and that initially 10 people were questioned. We don't know the status of the other seven, and that's all unclear. But isn't it interesting that no charges yet, but the police chief said there's a reason for that. So we have 24 hours until we have to either file charges or release them. We are working closely with the Jackson County Prosecutor's Office to present the most successful case for prosecution. Currently, there are three people being detained by police, two of whom are juveniles, according to the police chief. So let us begin there. A dispute between individuals, a fight, crowds. A lot of people there. Who knows if you just, uh, you know, and we've seen too much of this in our lives where you've got these idiots that have a beef over territory or you're with the wrong group and we don't like you. Could it have been that where you run into someone that you hate uh, at a big incident like this and it turns into a shooting? Or could it be that groups of individuals were crowding each other in a very crowded space and push comes to shove, literally. And the next thing you know, because these uh, people have absolutely no um, concept of human life, that they pull out guns, these young people. Two of these people are juveniles. They're at least 17 years of age or younger. One adult has been arrested. Ten people have been questioned. We're starting to get a clearer picture of this. The idea that this was a lone gunman or a couple of gunmen, kind of like the Tsarnaev brothers that were attacking a crowd, looks like that isn't what happened. It looks as if this is gang violence of some kind. Or at least groups of people in a dispute. Now, I don't want to ju- I don't want to jump to conclusions, but if these are young people with guns, there's your problem. Let's begin there. As I said earlier when I talked about this before any updates were given this morning, let's start talking about the people that are committing these acts. Let's start talking about the individuals that do these things and why they do them. Go back to the church on the outskirts of Houston 
Lakewood church that happened uh, earlier where it was a trans woman. That, and the, part, the fact that she's trans doesn't matter, but a trans woman immigrant to this country opens fire with Palestine written on her gun who has shown signs of violent mental illness. Neighbors were saying it. Neighbors were frustrated. We've been saying this to authorities for a long time. We have to start talking about the individuals. I've, I've gone over the names of James Holmes, who was the one that shot up that movie theater in Colorado. He was a graduate student that was violently mentally ill. There was a there was a group from the college he was attending that was going to intervene. Uh, Jared Loftner in Tucson, the Tucson shooter, had some of his classmates so afraid. One classmate, after the shooting, told authorities she used to sit by the door with her purse on her lap in case this person did something violent. The school asked him to leave and not come back because of his behavior. The same with the Virginia Tech shooter. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Douglas High School in South Florida. Students said they knew who was going to do it. His nickname on campus was School Shooter. We have got to start looking at the individuals committing these crimes. You know, the the immediate response, the immediate response from people has been about firearms. And, I, you know, I, it isn't about me defending firearms. We're not looking in the right places. We are going to find out more about these individuals. And I don't know how much we're going to learn about the juveniles. We may not learn a whole lot. If they're kids, we may not. We probably won't learn their names unless they're charged as adults. There still will be out of respect for them being juveniles, media outlets that won't give their names. We may not ever know anything about their criminal history. None. It may all remain a mystery. I, we don't know. The adult, we're going to learn more about if that person is charged. Three people in custody, no charges. And as the police chief said, they have 24 hours to charge and they're going to do everything they can to make sure they have solid cases before they present charges because they don't want the cases to fall apart. That makes perfect sense. But you've got heroes involved here. You've got two men and and one of the guy's wives that jumped in and stopped these shooters. Tackled somebody with a gun while one guy tackled him. Another guy, this guy named Trey Filter, tackled the guy. Another person named Paul Contreras jumped in. And then Trey Filter's wife, Casey, secured the firearm while her husband and the other guy held this guy down until the cops got there. Could have been much worse. But if the picture is being painted for us that this was a dispute between a couple of groups of people or individuals that ended in gunfire, if they originally questioned 10 people, doesn't this sound a lot more like a bunch of idiots that have no concern for human life that they get into a beef with somebody and they start shooting? It sounds a lot more like that to me. That's the information we have now. So everybody that jumps to conclusion, that jumps out, the president, the vice president, uh, John Rizzo, the senator from Missouri, that jumps into the John, John Rizzo, he made it political. This was made political immediately by him. The Republican Party in Missouri is going to have to answer for the gun laws that they've changed in Missouri Juveniles can't have guns. There's already laws against that. That's the kind of politicization of things that's frustrating. I want this solved. Listen, you know, um, I've never been a part of a Super Bowl celebration. Never have been. Um, I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan. I watched them celebrate national championships. I got to go to, because of my friend George, I got to go to a World Series game. These are bucket list community items. When When the Diamondbacks won the World Series in 2001, My friend Rob and I 
and some other friends jumped in a car and drove downtown to be a part of the celebration in the streets. And it was different then. And there were the Yankees fans were actually congratulating the Diamondbacks fans on the win. It was very good. It was a good experience. It was weird to see Phoenix police in riot gear high-fiving fans. There wasn't violence in the streets. It was a celebration. To have one of those celebrations ruined because a bunch of idiots can't control themselves looks to be the problem here. What were juveniles doing with firearms? Where were their parents? We talked earlier about the Gilbert goons and families in fi- uh, filing lawsuits or at least a, uh, a notice of claim to the Chandler Unified School District saying you have to do more. And also there's other lawsuits against parents of some of these kids that did the beating saying you should have known and should have done something. Well, isn't that the case here? If you've got juveniles that are out doing stuff like this, and we're going to find out more as the day goes on. But the narrative is changing in this. The narrative is no longer um, about what you've seen at one of the school shootings or otherwise. This appears to be a fight between idiots that got so out of hand, they started shooting at each other. And look who got hurt. Look who died. It's it's horrifying. I, I I can't think of another word. It's horrifying. Start looking at the individuals that are doing these things. That's where we have to start. All right, coming up in a moment, we get you caught up on the biggest news stories of the day. It's a segment we call Did You Hear This? We'll get to it in just one moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, time to catch up on the big news stories of the day. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Shock and sorrow at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade that ended in a deadly mass shooting that killed one person and injured more than 20 others, including 11 children. ABC's Pierre Thomas explains how this has unfortunately become the norm in the United States. This year alone, there have been 49 mass shootings with 81 killed and 165 wounded. Ironically, yesterday was the sixth anniversary of that deadly mass shooting at a high school in Parkland, Florida. This phenomenon of mass shootings is truly terrorizing and taking hold. The number of mass shootings in 2019 was 414, and we've seen more than 600 every year since. When President Bill Clinton authorized the Brady Bill and assault weapons ban in 1994, mass shootings dropped by over 40 percent. Is it time to bring that back? Not a chance. It's not even close to time to bring that back. Let's look at the individuals. This wasn't a classic mass shooting. This wasn't like the high school six years ago where some student who was warned about ahead of time walked in and started shooting people. This looks to be a beef between kids that shouldn't have guns to begin with. So how does a ban on any kind of a weapon stop this from happening? What we ought to start doing is looking at the individuals who do these things and say, you are going to be held responsible. I don't care if you use a pressure cooker in Boston at the marathon or you use guns against each other and shoot innocent people. You're going to be held accountable and you're going to be made an example of. 
Concern is mounting on Capitol Hill after reports of, of Russia working on new weapons to put in space. The U.S. believes Russia is working on plans to position a nuclear weapon in space, a blatant violation of multiple international agreements. The intended target, not Earth, but the critical satellite circling around it, vital for communications and military operations. Are our NATO allies important in a situation like this? Yeah, of course. I think the entire world is going to be important at a time like this. You've got to speak loudly and clearly that this is unacceptable behavior and you will be isolated from the rest of the world if you even think about doing something like this. This is where we need some diplomacy with nations like China, who could also be affected adversely at some point for this. This breaks multiple multinational agreements and the world has to get on board. This is where diplomacy works and they need to be warned and they need to be sent a message. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at 1120 to catch you up on the big headlines. Secretary of State Adrian Fontes joined Arizona's Morning News to explain that election calendar changes made to accommodate the new lower threshold for vote recounts could cost the state more. Many, many, many more races are going to require recounts. It's going to take more time. It's going to cost more money. But instead of moving that back to where it had been for decades, we had to make all kinds of other adjustments. Where will the state find the money to pay for this? They're going to find the money like they do for everything else that's important to pay for. Um, I have a lot of respect for Mr. Fontes, but if the people of Arizona don't trust the elections and they want to trigger recounts with something that happens sooner, the only moving these dates really only affect the candidates and the ones that are trying to get signatures. The average voter, when it comes time to vote, is not going to have any idea that they are voting a week earlier than they voted before to accommodate a recount if it's triggered. If the people are concerned about elections and they want to make sure that everything is done accurately, you tell me what that's worth. Is it not worth the money that you have to spend? If it comes out of the general fund or where they get it from, they're going to find the money. It's people that don't like it. And I don't blame the Secretary of State. If I were him, I wouldn't like it either. But it is what the people wanted to do. And as he always says, he serves the people. And this is what the people want. So they're going to have to find a way. Maricopa County District 4 Supervisor Clint Hickman will not be running for re-election. Hickman was a target of election deniers following a 2020 presidential vote. In a statement, Hickman says he wants to spend more time with his family. What does this announcement say about the state of politics? I, I think that um, you've got good people that have done a very good job that have come to a place. And I'm reading between the lines because none of this was in Clint Hickman's statement. But you get you you will take the arrows when they come your way. And I think this is for anybody that served in public office. When they say things about you on the campaign trail or they say things about the way you do your job, uh, you take that with, with part of, as part of the job. But when you start having your family involved and when your family is involved in the threats and your family has to suffer and be afraid, I think it takes a bigger toll. And what it says about politics now is we've got to stop these kinds of things, fight like crazy in the political arena, but don't go out of bounds. This was way out of bounds in how he was treated. I'm sorry to see him go, but I'm happy that he's going to do something that's going to make him happier. Great job today, Julia. As always, you missed a story. I don't mean to criticize Which one? You. you missed a story today. 
Um, it's your birthday. Oh, Happy birthday. One. Happy well, birthday, Julia. You know, did you hear this? I wasn't going to put that in there. Well, that's all right. I'm putting story. it in there. I'm putting it in there. Our own Julia is officially a, can I say the age? Am I allowed to say the number? A quarter of a century old. Woo. 25. <laughs> Look at you go. Thank you, Mike. Good for you. It. Happy birthday. Thank you. All right. Coming up in a moment, we are going to shift gears and talk about retail sales. And we're going to talk about the economy as more and more people, barons of business and people that understand how things work, are warning about the debt we're creating privately and in our government. We're going to talk about that part of it next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, if you haven't subscribed to the Mike Broomhead Show podcast, do it. It's very simple to do on any device that you have. You'll never miss a minute of the show. And the Mike Broomhead Show podcast brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. So the headline, a couple of the big headlines, U.S. retail sales fell 0.8% in January, much bigger than um, than was expected. And it's expected to continue down that road for a number of reasons. One of the reasons is the the huge amount of debt that U.S. citizens have created over the last couple of years post-COVID. Um, we have watched high inflation force the average family to use credit in order to make ends meet. That happened far too long. People continued to spend. COVID money began to run out. People were very concerned. Students had to start paying back student loans. We have been seeing an uptick in delinquencies in credit card payments and automobile payments. That is always a bad sign and an indicator that experts look at at the very beginning of not a downturn as much as people reining in spending. When you start seeing that happen, when people are starting to run out, you know, think about the budgeting you do in your own mind. You budget every month and you know what the priorities are. You start at the top. You got to make your mortgage or your rent payment. You got to pay for your power bill. You want to make sure your water and your power stay on inside your home. Those are the priorities. I would say to some, if it were me, I would say I'm going to make my automobile insurance payment before I make my automobile payment only because you know, if your car gets stolen, you want to make sure you have insurance or if there's a crash or something. But that's just me. But the prioritization of the bills and you begin to not pay and you begin to eliminate those things that are not absolutely necessary. And so you've got credit cards. You may have them maxed out. You may ask for some relief. You do that with your automobile payment. They will tack a payment on, let you skip a payment and put that payment at the end of your loan. And all these things people try to do to make ends meet. But as they start to become delinquent, as they fall behind 30, 60 days, it becomes more of a concern for the overall economy. How do they dig themselves out of these holes? So that's a big concern for people. Now, retail spending has slowed. A lot of spending in the holidays, overspending possibly, and now it's beginning to slow. Um, now I'm not placing blame yet on anybody. I'm just saying these are the realities of what's happening. You've got the Home Depot CEO saying, uh, or I guess he was one of the uh, a former, I'm going to make sure I get it right, former Home Depot CEO, sounds the alarm on the tre tremendous shift in the labor market. He said, we are now seeing people being laid off. If you look at the semiconductor industry, 40,000 layoffs. In the last two weeks, companies like Cisco, Snap, Estee Lauder, Amazon, Citigroup, and UPS have all announced layoffs as executives 
tighten their belts amid the rate volatility that we're seeing. The pace of job cuts for U.S. employers accelerated at the start of 2024. A recent report says companies planned 82,307 job cuts in January, a substantial 136% increase from December. America saw 136% increase in layoffs month over month in January, according to this report. It's down from 20% the same time a year ago, which is not bad news. Ford laid people off because of EVs. GM laid people off because of the cruise program. They And it goes down the list of what's happening, but their layoffs are beginning to happen. I am not crying that we are going to see a crash in our economy. I'm saying things are shifting. And what will be done? The the idea that we're going to lay this at the feet, and uh, that's another one of these, a high inflation still squeezing the American budget. Um, the U.S. national debt tracker, uh, FedEx founder Fred Smith says U.S. record debt is unsustainable. During an interview, uh, he said um, – that his take on the level of federal debt head by the U.S. government, which is now above $34 trillion. He was the chairman and chief executive at FedEx, speaks during a Chamber of Commerce Aviation Summit in D.C., said on March 7th of 2019 in the special report, um, talked about the debt that we are creating, federal debt held by the public was 97% of the GDP in 2022, equal to 195% of the GDP by 2050. So blaming these things on corporate America, and that's what the Home Depot CEO was talking about, is you blame this on business. So now what you're going to see is a shift. We've heard the White House blame. The White House has been placing blame on the grocery industry for high food prices, on the um, uh, fossil fuel industry for high gas prices. And people are pushing back and saying it's absolutely not the case. The, the federal government borrows money and the federal government prints money, and that's what leads to high inflation. That's been the measure of this for a very long time, and it continues. So at a time when the American people are suffering from inflation, and you tell me, Arizona, you don't have to agree with me on everything, but you tell me, do you think it's right that the state of Arizona has sent you a tax break and has said, you know, we confiscated this tax from you and we're able to give it back to you when at a time when your family probably needs it, here is a tax rebate. We're not giving you anything. It's your money. You're just taking it back. We're giving you your money back because we think you need it more than we do. So the people of Arizona, many families, not all people, but many families in Arizona saw a tax break. And the IRS swooped in and said, nope, that's taxable income. Now, it's fascinating to me because had the government not collected it in the first place, it wouldn't have been taxable income. Had Arizona had lowered your taxes by that amount so they didn't take it from you, it wouldn't have been taxable income. But since they took it and gave it back, the IRS and its justification says they're entitled to part of it. So they said your taxes wouldn't go up if you made less than $400,000 a year. That's what the president has been telling us for three years. Isn't that your taxes going up? You're going to pay federal income taxes on the taxes that you paid and were given back by the state of Arizona. And yet they want to go after private industry for trying to get deeper into the pockets of the American people with the products they sell. This is the unfairness, in my opinion, this is the unfairness of a bloated government that is so desperate to pay its bills that it even has a death tax 
the estate tax in America, which I think is the most unfair, un-American, despicable thing that's out there. And the, the excuse has been, and go look at the excuses for it, it's only going after the mega rich. We're taking from the mega rich. Well, what entitles you to do that? A, a, a family, a person, an individual or a couple uh, work very hard. They are brilliant people at what they do. They make a lot of money. They pay taxes every step of the way on the money that they make. They pay taxes on everything that they build. And when they're done, when their lives are over, when they're at the end of their life, they want to pass it on to the people they love. And they're entitled to do that. And the government says, well, if you get that inheritance, that's income. And so we get we're entitled to it. So imagine these families and I'm going to get to the worst part of it in a moment, even worse than what I'm about to say. These families who have done the right thing and accumulated wealth, sometimes many times it's property. They give it to their family and the family members have to sell a big chunk of that portfolio. They have to sell their inheritance. First, they pay capital gains tax on what they've sold and then they have to pay an inheritance or an, an estate tax on top of that. I think that's horrible. I don't care how wealthy you are. That's a horrible thing to do. But on top of that, here in Arizona, I've been privileged to meet many farmers and ranchers because that's the world I was in, you know, I entered into when I moved here in 1995. The salt of the earth people that work um, every single day to make sure that you and I eat and those people, when they inherit property from their families, it's the value of the property that's assessed and how often they end up becoming sharecroppers because they have to sell off part of their land to pay the federal government what the land is worth or that piece of it in the estate tax. I think it's ghoulish. I think it's horrible, but it's an indicator of how big our government has gotten. I'm not an anti-government person, but our government has gotten so big that with as much money as they take from the American people, how much money they take in taxes, they want more. The president of the United States proudly says he's going to tax the rich. He's going to take even more money from people making more than $400,000 a year. They're going to pay even more money than they're already paying. And then all of us collectively are already paying. And they're running at a deficit of over $34 trillion. That's un-American. That's not Republican. That's not Democrat. That's un-American. And yet no one is stopping it. Nobody on either side of the political aisle is stopping it. No one's even talking about stopping it. And I think that part of it, that's the part of it that's most disappointing, that Republican versus Democrat is taking the lead over American overseeing the government that we elect. And I just think maybe the attitudes are shifting and uh, we'll see. We'll see if the attitudes begin to shift. Coming up, uh, we're going to end up uh, the show talking about what happened in Kansas City and get you the latest update. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, what happened in Kansas City yesterday is still, I think, the biggest news story of the day. We are hearing a lot more this morning, more updates. I just wanted to talk about those updates and kind of clear things up. Originally, we had no idea there were people taken into custody, but no idea motive, uh, no idea of anything other than three people and firearms taken into custody. We know that 22 people were shot, one of them killed. The person that was killed was a DJ in town known as Lisa G., 
uh, more than half of the victims of this uh, shooting were children, which again adds to how the horror that people felt about what was happening. So a lot of speculation was about this and mass shootings and what it turns out, and it looks as if um, the Kansas City police chief said they have uh, individuals in custody. They still haven't been charged up until the last update. They had 24 hours approaching that 24-hour mark of when they have to charge. She said, we're working closely with the Jackson County Prosecutor's Office to present the most successful case for prosecution. But there is a twist. There are three people being detained, and apparently there were 10 people total that had been questioned. Three have been detained. Two of them are children. Two of them are juveniles. So that adds a whole different element to what this is. The uh, officials that have been speaking anonymously with the, with the with the press have said a Wednesday mass shooting with that left uh, one dead and a 30 injured it said um, it's believed to have been the result of a personal dispute in the area rather than attack on the an attack on the celebration itself one of those officials said three people currently in custody are all believed to have been involved in the dispute and initially 10 people were questioned we don't know about the other seven uh, what's going on with them preliminary investigative findings, this is a quote from the police chief, have shown that there was no nexus to terrorism or homegrown violent extremism. I would say to you that the term homegrown violent extremism has one meaning, and she is saying under that one meaning, it doesn't fit the description. This isn't a domestic terrorist or terrorists, but it's hard to get around that this is homegrown violent extremism. The average person, the, a normal person, would not shoot into a crowd even if they were mad at someone else. She added, this appeared to be a dispute between several people that ended in gunfire. Two of them are kids. Two of them are children. Several law enforcement officials earlier told CNN that the incident is believed to have been the result of a personal dispute in the area rather than an attack on the celebration itself. Um, we've all been in places where people act horribly. A lot of times alcohol is involved. We've been at sporting events where there are families there. And I, I, I'm not trying to diminish the seriousness of there with all these people that are shot. I'm talking about the general attitudes of people. You go to a sporting event and you're there with your family. And there are people that have no concern for others. And they're looking for trouble and a fight breaks out. Um Professional sports leagues, the NFL especially, has had to do a lot to clean that up over the years uh, where it's not tolerated. People are banned from ever coming to games again when they fight. It happens in the parking lot. If you And I'm not pointing fingers, but if you remember, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers had a big PR nightmare with fans in their stadium getting pummeled by Dodger fans. And so it was, uh, it was something they had to overcome. Um, I know, I know that the NHL has done it over the years. They throw people out. If there's an argument, if there's an altercation, everybody's out, you're out the door. They don't care. They had to send a clear message that that behavior is not going to be tolerated, but the, the behavior in someone that says, I don't care who's around and what's going on. I'm going to act this way. Um, this is what I think I'm entitled to do is the basic attitude here. You've got at least two juveniles here that they believe are involved in the dispute that led to this shooting. No charges yet, but two, uh, I'm going to guess that the adult was a young adult. 
but juveniles that are involved in a dispute that then gets violent and people pull out guns and you've got little kids that aren't old enough to own guns by current gun laws. They find their guns in their hands. And how do they end a dispute by pulling out a gun? The shooting starts and all of the innocent people end up getting hurt. That's what ends up happening. That's the disturbing and despicable thing that that's what we know so far. We'll have a lot more information on this tomorrow. Keep it locked here on KTAR News. We'll have the updates on all of this, on this story and all of the important stories today. One of the big stories that came out is that County Supervisor Clint Hickman is not running for re-election. We read his statement earlier today. He will join me on the show at 835 tomorrow with an exclusive interview to talk about why he's made this decision and possibly what's next. Hope you can join us for part of your day tomorrow. Until then, everyone. God bless.